Well, it's nice to be here in Egypt. And frankly, I never thought I'd say that. <laughs> well, what do you know? From Shryock Auditorium at Southern Illinois University in Carbondale, Illinois, it's Michael Feldman's What Do You Know from PRI, Public Radio International. That's John Tulene on piano, Jeff Eccles on bass, Dave Bayless on drums, and I'm Jim Packard. In this hour of What Do You Know, former Senator Paul Simon, special musical guest, Liesl Schoenberger, and the What Do You Know quiz. Support for What Do You Know comes from Public Radio International affiliate stations and the Public Radio International Program Fund. Support also provided by Boca Burger, the meatless burger for people who love the taste of meat. Available in three varieties, Chef Max's favorite, vegan original, and a hint of fresh garlic at grocery and health food stores nationwide. Boca Burger, you won't believe it's meatless. Additional support provided by Southern Illinois University, Carbondale, where you'll find Paul Simon's Public Policy Institute, students from over 100 countries, and dedicated visionary faculty at www.siu.edu. Now, the man who says, take me to your pharaoh, Michael Feldman. You know, only in America could a Jewish boy get this kind of reaction from a bunch of Egyptians. Really, it's got... <laughs> Thank you very much. Very kind of you. And uh, hi and welcome to everything south of Highway 50. Uh, you know, it's kind of dividing line in Illinois. This is southern Illinois now. It's a different kind of thing. The Egypt thing is kind of... You know, no one knows really why this is called Egypt or Little Egypt. It's, there's some confusion if it's the mounds that the... The, uh, the Indians left behind, uh, the, the Mississippi Indians, uh, that, that culture, or whether uh, some Jewish guy from Chicago came down here and thought it was a hostile crowd or something, said, boy, a bunch of Egyptians down there. Uh, but it's certainly not the reaction I'm getting, I must say, so I feel pretty good about it. <clears throat> but um, so if this is Egypt, though, then I guess Murfreesboro would be the West Bank. <laughs> And uh, Makanda would be Gaza, as far as I understand it. Uh, Senator Simon is from there. We'll find out about that. And, uh, but I can't find Israel. That's the only thing that's upsetting me right now. We got uh, all the Middle East is here except for Israel. Okay. But I say if the other Egypt had the Illinois Central running through it instead of the Suez Canal, they might pronounce it Cairo too. You know. And actually, I feel like we have a lot in common because Southern Illinois and Wisconsin are both have the same fear and loathing of Chicago, you know. You guys are on the other side of it. But, you know, driving their fancy BMWs and Saab turbos at high rates of speed through your fields, scattering the chickens and what have you. The dogs yapping at their fancy magnesium alloy wheels as they're heading south. They just go north. That's the only difference. They go north through us. They go south through you. That's the only difference I can see. And actually, you're captured here between two large uh, uh, um, celestial bodies. You've got Chicago up there, and you've got St. Louis over here. So it's kind of like somewhere around, uh, well, I don't know, Centralia. Uh, Sammy Sosa meets Mark McGuire head on. 
and a No, you could plot this on a map, you know, Cubs fans where they run into the Cardinals fan, and it's a bloody relationship. This is worse. Forget the North and the South, you know, this is bad stuff. So right now, it's, uh, it's a pretty exciting time to be here. How many, oh, let's just see how many are Cubs fans, just out of curiosity. <laughs> I didn't say how many of you are not Cubs fans. Give me a break, I'm going to get, how many of you are Cardinals fans? So I guess that's mostly Cubs fans then. <laughs> I guess you gotta move a little further north to get a better balance on that, but pretty much uh, Cardinal fans down here. And uh, how's he, what's, what's he up to now? 66, okay, cool, cool. All right, so, um, and of course, Carbondale, home of Southern Illinois, the Salukis. And what is a Saluki? What is a Saluki? Where is your banner now, sir? I mentioned the Salukis, that's when you unfurl your banner. They took your banner? Unbelievable. This, well, this is the same guy who caught that ball by Mark McGuire. That should have been his 66 home run. Well, that's pretty, yeah, the, the Salukis. And people want to know what a Saluki is. Actually, uh, it comes from trying to pronounce your name after partying all night. First thing you say to the audience, uh, the officer is, uh, I must, what's your name? He says, Saluki. You know, that's a common... Or it could be something else. I don't know. They took his banner down, so I don't know. So Illinois, of course, does have some, and some would say, uh, undeserved reputation as a party school. I don't know if you heard this. <laughs> have you heard that? Oh, you haven't heard that? Okay, I'll make, be the first to tell you. Well, you know, John Belushi went here, you know, and Jenny McCarthy and the Menendez brothers, you know, kind of <laughs> party till you drop kind of crowd, you know, that's... Uh, but actually, I, I looked it up in the college guide, and, it would say, and I was reassured. It said in the college guide, it said, uh, academics have priority during the week, but students report that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights <laughs> are reserved for partying. So, it's, uh, so Monday and Tuesday is academics. That makes sense to me. That's about the right ratio. So, so uh, and the, the, another thing is that it's a beautiful campus, actually, but uh, I couldn't find Old Main, you know. I, was, I had a class there, and I couldn't... Just a bunch of flowers and rocks now where Old Main used to be. That's disturbing. And the campus is almost as large as the city, actually. The campus is about, what, 23,000. The city is about 26 or so uh, thousand, uh, Carbondale. And, uh, and actually, Carbondale is the first place I've been that lists a daytime and a nighttime population. <laughs> Honestly, it's a daytime population. They even have population reports. You know, tonight the population will fall into the upper 20s. <laughs> Tomorrow, look for a high of about 49,000. I don't know where Salukis go at night, you know, and, and, and they can't seem to remember either, you know, so apparently campus leaves or something. I don't know where they go. They go to Marion or something, or they have to report back. I have no idea what the... And the name thing, I think I got... I'm, I'm working on the name thing, but I don't really have enough time. I got Cairo, I got, and I got Vienna. Uh, Bo Cup? Huh? Buck Up? Oh, you got me on that one, man. I mean, I've had buck-ups before, but now like... Buck-up. See, I wouldn't have got that. Uh, do boys? Yeah, okay, stop me if I get one right. Illinois, do you say Illinois? And why do you say do boys? And why don't you say Illinois? 
Aren't you being a little arbitrary about what you pronounce and what you don't pronounce? Um, Virginus? Virginus? Virginius? Virginus? Vir... Virgin S. Virgins. Virgins. And of course, Duquoine? Duquoine? I got one. It's your towns, you know, you can say them any way you want. I want you to know that. But when you go to France, they must really think you're nuts. And I know there's a Bible thing, a lot of towns name Bible names, but uh, 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 is there a Lick Creek in the Bible? I don't know. <laughs> is there a Mulkey town in the Bible? I don't think so. A Winkle? I don't know. I look, maybe in the, old, in the New Testament and not in the Old Testament, there's no Winkle that I know of. And Dongola? Dongola. Oh, that's, that's pretty tough. Dongola. Anyone here from Redbud? I was going to say hi, but I guess not. Okay. Uh, all right. And, of course, uh, Route 50 is that demilitarized zone that divides all through. So it must actually goes right through Lebanon, right? Or you say Lebanon. Lebanon. Oh, you pronounce the whole thing, unlike in Pennsylvania. This is very confusing, depending on where you are. Anyone here? I mean, it must divide entire families. And some of you must be slightly north of Highway 50. Some of you slightly south. And that makes a real difference, I know. So it's an important thing. Of course, the beautiful Sha uh, Shawnee National Forest surrounds the place. Gorgeous resource. Beautiful. Did you know there are more kinds of trees in the Shawnee National Forest than there are in Europe? Huh? In all of Europe, right. Although it's impossible to find a bidet, actually, in the Shawnee National Forest. <laughs> That's the only difference. Unless you call one hole or a bidet, you know, it's, it's, it's a different problem. Over 20 kinds of or orchids are found naturally in the Shawnee. Uh, they have 60% of all reptile types. Well, 70 since they caught that gator the other day. And, uh, uh, 72% of all fishes, all types of fishes are found there, and a whopping 85% of all vertebrates are in the Shawnee National Forest. So if it's a vertebrate you're looking for, look no further. Invertebrates, you have to go up to Springfield to the State House for those. That's all the news that is, and thank you very much. Great to be here. Would you welcome our first guest, the man you know as Senator, we call him Senator Paul Simon, ladies and gentlemen. Senator Simon, I have to ask, you can sit down. Now, you didn't stand for me, I noticed that, but that's okay. <laughs> now, by wearing that tie, are you sending a signal to someone? Well, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I thought it looked good on radio. Yeah, I, it does. Yeah. It does look very good, very, yeah. very natty. How many ties would you say you own in your collection? Oh, I probably own 50. I get, I, give them away for auctions, for hospital benefits, yeah, and, right. uh, you know, NPR benefits and oh, things yeah. like that. And a lot of those have been given to you? And occasionally yeah. I get, and sometimes outland, I have, I've been given wooden bow ties, yeah. fur bow ties, rubber bow ties. And it's not always possible to say where those ties came from. I don't think I should mention that <laughs> here yet. So it's not inconceivable they might come from a, a congressional intern or, or something along those lines? <laughs> <laughs> Do 
you miss the Senate? Do you, do you miss the... the uh... Well, I miss my friends. I enjoyed the Senate. I didn't leave because I didn't like it. Uh, I enjoyed that, but I'm enjoying teaching here at Southern Illinois University and doing a lot of volunteer things. Yeah. Are you sort of relieved not to be in the midst of everything that's going on now? Well, it is uh, a sad experience for the nation. Yeah. Sad for the president and his family. Sad for, for all of us. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, do you regret at all running for president? I mean, like you might have won, and you might, you could be. I, mean, I don't think you'd be in the same situation he is. But <laughs> uh, it was a great experience. You have a very good memory if you can remember that. Oh, yeah, Michael. I do. I, uh, no, it. You get to know the country and uh, to to learn its strengths and its weaknesses. It was, a, it was a marvelous experience. But I, I read somewhere you said running for president, you got to do, uh, you have to be shallow, you have to do sound bites, you have to have a good grasp of a lot of insignificant things and make basically a good appearance. And uh, didn't you say something and, along those lines? These, I'm and, paraphrasing and yes, you now. Yes, but, yes. And, but it, and some of those things I have, the shallowness I have. No, you some have. Of those. I mean, you have too much depth and intellect and character to be president, don't you think? Uh, uh, Doesn't that eliminate yeah. you? And, I, I'm afraid that's a generous analysis, yeah. but uh, let's see you uh, deny it now. I no, I, we have had <laughs> we've had some great people as president over the years, and uh, uh, you know we came very close to winning in Iowa and mm -hmm. almost did it. History and, might have been different. Pardon? History might have been different at that point. History would have been different, yeah. but you know that's yeah. that's past, and uh, I, I'm not one to look back and. You know, say, oh, I wish I'd done this or I wish I'd done that. Same one on votes in the Senate. I yeah. tried to struggle to do what was right, and once it was over, it was over, and I slept well at night. Yeah. Now, you, you live in, uh, in, in Macanda. Macanda. Yeah. You even pronounce it correctly. I, I did. Mean, I'm, I'm really trying hard because they jump and, all over and, if you don't. Yeah. And incidentally, I noticed there was someone here from Oblong. Let me from Oblong. You. Yeah, the gentleman yeah. here is Oblong. Some of their, okay. One little minutia of Illinois history. That was founded by a man named Henry Peck, and the town was called Henpeck for a long time. Oh, yeah, really? And oh, that's good, too. People made so much fun of it that they had a referendum to change the name, and the, the name that won was Oblong. Yeah. And of course, people have been making fun of it since. And the, <laughs> the Bloomington Pantograph had a, allegedly had a story. I don't know that this is true. Uh, there's a town right next to Bloomington called Normal, Illinois. And it was uh, uh, the oblong man to wed normal girl. <laughs> Tell me, I, I, I mentioned it briefly in, you know, in, in my monologue, such as it was, about Southern Illinois and it being a distinct region of the country. It's almost unique. It, it's not quite Southern. Uh, it's not Northern. And it's not quite part of Illinois in the usual sense. It's, 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 it's almost a, a, an autonomous region. What, what is it about Southern well, Illinois? Well, it, it, it is obviously part of Illinois, but it yeah. is really Southern. Yeah. We're, where we're meeting right now, we're 157 miles from the Mississippi border. We're south of Richmond. We're south of Louisville. Uh, we're 330 miles uh, from Chicago. And if you go to Mary Lou's here, you can get grits. In there. Uh, you can... Uh, uh, and uh, I have to add, in the days of the past, we had the bad things. Uh -huh. uh, you know, segregation in schools was here. In Carbondale, uh, the one movie theater in the old days, African Americans had to sit upstairs, whites downstairs. 
Murfreesboro, you mentioned, one theater didn't permit blacks to get in there. The other one had the upstairs, downstairs arrangement. So we have the good things of the South and have had some of the bad things, but we're, we're a great region with a lot of marvelous people, talented people who need just a little more economic opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now I know, I know something about you. I know that you were voted the prettiest baby in Eugene, Oregon in 1932. You, you, I think my mother was the only one who cast the vote on that. I, well, my mother voted against me, so you're, yeah. you're actually lucky. You're, yeah, so you, actually, you're from Eugene, then? I was uh, born in Eugene, yeah. uh, grew up there. I did not stress that a great deal when I was a candidate. Yeah, you know, right. It right. no, Does, doesn't play well here. Yeah. But when I, did know, you... I know, that, know that you have wine for yourself, but you don't serve wine for your guests. Oh, I'm so sorry. Here, would you like uh, the rest I, of mine? I really shouldn't have it. <laughs> we are, we're doing a wine tasting with some of these uh, local wines. The Illinois wines are very good. We, Illinois yeah. is, is a great wine uh, state, yeah. and, and our neighboring state of Missouri is a great wine state, too. Yeah. So did, did you go from, uh, from Oregon to Illinois? From, uh, I came, my, my father was a Lutheran yeah. minister, yeah. and uh, when I was 16, I came out here. And where'd, where'd you settle? And then we settled in Troy, which is just, it's north of Highway 50. So north of Highway yeah. <laughs> And uh, did you consider being a minister yourself? I mean, was, that, was there a lot uh, at of... At one point, uh, just two of us in the family, my brother yeah. is a minister, yeah. but uh, there's no question that Growing up in Oregon helped to shape my life. I had one uh, particular experience that made a difference. And my parents were active in what we then called race relations, we would call civil rights today. And uh, February of 1942, the President of the United States ordered 120,000 Japanese Americans, said you have one to three days to sell all your property, put everything you have into one suitcase, and we're gonna take you off to camps. Uh, not a one of them had committed a crime. And uh, my father stood up and said, this is wrong. And, uh, and you, you know, you have to understand the, the patriotic fervor of the time. We were in this war with the Japanese and we got the hate phone calls. And uh, I was 13, my friends made fun of me. I was embarrassed. Uh, I wish, uh, at that point, I wished my father hadn't done it. But uh, now I look back on my father's life. It's one of the things I'm proudest of him for. And it was a, it was a great lesson to me. If you believe something, stand up. Now I look back and I wonder, where were all the other people who should have stood up for the rights of their fellow yeah. And you know, speaking of where are all the other people, is it a lonely job being a liberal in Illinois? <laughs> I mean, how much, I mean it, it's not a popular thing. I mean, it's almost a pejorative in recent years. Well, I, I, first of all, I think we should forget about a lot of the labels. So you deny it then, you're not but a I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't deny But you ask people, should we have health care for all Americans? Yeah. Overwhelmingly, people believe we ought to have health care for all Americans. So if you forget the labels and you start talking, you know, and also on the conservative side, should we balance the budget? Should we look long term to make sure Social Security is taken care of? People want that too. Mm -hmm. uh, so what we have to do is look at the issues and one of the sad things about 
what is dividing the nation right now is it's divided really for no purpose. If we were divided because we were having a great debate on national health care or education or something else, that would be a great thing for the country. Yeah. This is not a great thing. Yeah. As a, as the, I forgot to allow for applause. <laughs> You're still on the stump, aren't you? Are you running for office again, or what's going on? Well, I, I applied. I'm trying to get your job, yeah. here, Michael, and I. Next best thing, really. <laughs> uh, of course, constituents call you up in the middle of the night on this job too, you know. But uh, so I'm. I'm has, has the um, process been compromised beyond repair now? I mean, when, you, when you consider what the country is going through right now, and, and people get very cynical as a result of it. No. Um, I mean, no. What, what, once we get through this thing, assuming that we do with Clinton and all we're, of that. We're a very resilient country. Now, there will be scars. You know, there are scars from the Nixon period. There are scars from Vietnam. So you, you don't recover completely. But when Gerald Ford came in, uh, you know, we, we moved ahead. Uh, so the system does work. What we did have then, and what is lacking right now, and I hope can be achieved, is a bipartisan approach to this. You had Sam Irvin, a Democrat, working with Howard Baker, a Republican. You had Pete Rodino, a Democrat, working with Republicans. So far, now, and Henry Hyde is a person who could help achieve that. He, he you know, really, I'm sure you know Henry Hyde. Yeah, do you, do you and, think he will I, help achieve that? Pardon? He, he seems quite partisan. Do you think he's capable well, I, of doing I that? I know. He's a partisan in the same sense that I'm a partisan. But yeah. he, he really asks the question, how can he help the country? And uh, I, I think he is one of the people we could build upon. But somehow, we have to have a bipartisan approach to this. Otherwise, we're just going to divide the country and go through all of this for no purpose. No. And when you think of Bill Clinton, I mean, um, a bright, bright man, tremendous command of the issues, kind of a big hope for a lot of people when he first came in. And you think basically squandered. I mean, does the word squandered come to mind when you think of this opportunity? You know, imagine two terms and have it degenerate to this point. It seems like a terrible, it, just yeah, a personal loss for him and, and for the nation. Just no, no question about it. Uh, and though I think if, if the end result would be, say, censure and a fine, which I think is a possibility, uh, then I'm, my hope would be that he would then uh, ask maybe three distinguished historians like Arthur Schlesinger, David McCulloch, people like that, and say, what should I do? And then forget the polls. Uh, one of the great weaknesses of our government today is that we're taking polls on everything. You know, we're the weather vane. You don't solve problems by taking polls. You look at the problems ask what is the national need, and then you move on those things. Right, right, right. And also, like Dad used to say, if you have to, you, you get a room somewhere. You know, you don't, <laughs> you don't bring your work home with you to, you know, to the office. Uh, do you, I, you know, people, when I mentioned last, the other week on the show, Paul Simon, there's like this feeling of, boy, Paul, you know, lead us out of this, you know. You, like you, to a lot of people, you represent like the last politician with integrity. I think we're down to one. Uh, <laughs> I know that's not true, you know. But is, I obviously it's not true, but people think. We, we, we have a lot of good people. It seems in we do, but it seems, once again, it seems like parties. why aren't they speaking up? Why aren't they, I mean, that would involve being bipartisan, for example. I mean, there are Republicans with integrity. 
they could rise above partisan politics, that, you know, and, and, and there could be some kind of And, a, and that's what we need, and place. Uh, it takes a little more courage. And one of the other problems is with the media, too. You have to, when you say extreme things, you get attention. If you say sensible things frequently, that doesn't achieve, uh, doesn't make the front pages, doesn't make the evening TV yeah. news. But that's because the public wants to hear extreme things. I mean, you've got to blame the public, too, don't you? Well, I, I think you have to blame the public in the sense that the public hasn't taken enough interest. But public cynicism uh, is very high, and, uh, and unfortunately, what we're going through just adds to that. Mm -hmm. And uh, tell us a little bit about the Public Policy Institute that you, did you start this here at the university? I, I did. The university uh, permitted me to start this, and we pull people together on a variety of issues. We, we had religious leaders, everyone for, from Imam Wallace Muhammad to Pat Robertson, looking at the issue of poverty in the religious community. Did we they just, room together, those two? Or? Yeah. <laughs> Wallace Muhammad and Pat Robertson, that'd be interesting <laughs> yeah. if they did. But it, it, you know, it's a pretty big, you know, and, and when we had breaks, for example, the head of the Unitarian Church was here. Well, yeah. there was Pat Robertson and the head of the Unitarian Church trying to work out language. It's a great, great the president of the Rabbinical Council of America was here as oh. one of the participants. But uh, we just this uh, Could they agree on a luncheon menu or? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that would be the crucial thing. Huh? And incidentally, he, he contributed uh, a great deal. Jacob Rubenstein is his name. But the, uh, this week, we had a uh, symposium on the whole question of alternative sentencing. We had, uh, you know, we have more people in our prisons per 100,000 than any other country in the world by far. Uh, does this really make sense? Uh, it makes sense in Marion because it's a big employer, you know, yeah. but so if we could exempt them, it would, you know. Well, unfortunately, it is a, building prisons is a big industry, and yeah. now communities clamor to have prisons. But uh, is this really a good use of our resources? Are there alternatives? And we brought together everyone from Joe Hartzler, the prosecutor, Timothy McVeigh, to uh, three federal judges, to... Uh, Dan Rostenkowski and oh. Webster Hubble. Oh, yeah, well, I heard Webb Hubble was here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we had a great many perspectives. And I think some concrete things are going to happen as mm -hmm. a result. So you identify issues and you, and you bring together people on those that, issues. That is correct. And so, sometimes things, someone in the audience got up and said, when a judge sentences someone, look, if he sentences someone to 20, uh, 20 years, the judge ought at the same time say, this is going to cost the taxpayers at the $30,000 a year, you know, $600,000. Well, maybe that would force us to evaluate things a little more. Now, let me ask you something. The future of Paul Simon, is it going to be in academia, or you're still a young man? You're in the height of your vigor? You're a little nearsighted, Michael. No, I mean, you, I look, to... <laughs> you look marvelous. He looks very good, doesn't yeah. he? I mean, he looks very good. He's fit. Yeah. Uh, would you consider another run at it? No, no, I'm not going to run for office again. I'm yeah. in, enjoying what I'm doing now. I want to uh, try and influence some young people to take an interest. And then through the Public Policy Institute here, continue to work on issues that I think are important where maybe we can contribute and I can contribute. Deadlock convention, Al Gore doesn't have enough votes, and Gebhardt <laughs> fails. Uh, it goes on for two days, three days, can't get the votes. Your name is put into play. You're well, nominated. How, how about Michael Feldman as an alternative? <laughs>
I'd have to decline on a basis of, I, if we go through my past, it's gonna be very interesting to that. <laughs> Some of the same issues I might have, but I really want <laughs> Senator Simon, I wanna thank you so much for being here. I thank you, tremendous we're pleased pleasure to have you here. Senator Paul Simon. Did you see that? Did you see that? When he left the stage, he immediately went to his left. Do you know what I'm <laughs> Had trouble going to his right. We finally got him off on the right here. <laughs> Paul Simon. Old habits die hard. Yes, they do. Hiya, John. Hi. Which habits are you talking about? Any of yours oh, or no. mine or no, no. the president's no, or we anybody? We have no bad habits. Yeah. Can you imagine having like a Kenneth Starr on your case? Oh, man. <laughs> That, now, that would be good reading. I'd like to see that, actually. Mexico would be looking pretty good. <laughs> Why don't you introduce our new band member here, John? Well, yeah, uh, instead of our, our funky drummer, Clyde's Doublefield, we have uh, from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, Dave Bayless. Joining us on the Yamaha, John. And today is uh, George Gershwin's birthday, so uh, we got a little arrangement here, an updated arrangement of uh, one of his tunes called Soon. Great, and don't forget Jeff Eccles on the stand-up bass, the What Do You Know Trio.
At NotMuch.com, you're listening to Michael Feldman's What Do You Know on PRI, Public Radio International. Very nice little tune there. That was actually a Gershwin... Uh, soon. Soon. Right. Well, you know where that was from originally then? Um, no, but I'll find out later. Just a popular song yeah. or part of a... Probably, um, probably part, part of a show. Part of a show. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember. Thank you very much, you guys. I'm um, here in the audience, and hi, how are you? Nice to see you. Good to see you. How you doing? How you doing? Mike nice Feldman? From, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who are you? I'm Howard Wilson. Howard, are you a Cardinals fan Absolute. by any chance? Absolutely. Last... Uh, got the shirt here. You got yeah, the hat. hat. Ozzy Smith shirt, but yeah. that's still good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> He's the best shortstop they've had or ever will have. You know, when we came down here, we'd go head south. You don't think you guys are right next to St. Louis, but and you're near. Miles. Yeah. 100 miles. Get there. Kentucky's right over there, too. Boom, 100 miles. You're there. Kind of confusing. You don't know which way to feel sometimes. You know, you got the bourbon here, you got the Cardinals there. And, uh, Bush beer. Bush beer. Bush beer. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> what do you do in life as we know it? I'm a registered nurse. Registered nurse. And uh, where are you working? I work at uh, CCS, the uh, Center for Comprehensive Services. Comprehensive Services. All right. And I don't want to get put you out on a limb here now, but uh, you want to make any sort of prediction as to this uh, home run competition? Sosa. Uh, all right. That's a shocker. 68. 68-2. 67. Oh, cool. A speaker. We'll see if you're a prophet or not. Nice to meet you. Have you here? We've got um, Rachel Wides. Widest. Of course, I can't get cities. I can't get names either. Rachel, you want to come down here? A little easier. Try not to do the feedback. Why don't you stand over here so we don't get totally fed back into these speakers back here. Rachel, how are you? I'm fine. You're in Carbondale High School. Uh, you are first vice president of the Illinois Association of Student Council. Yes, from ma mainly up in Chicago. Yeah. But. So what kind of uh, uh, duties does that entail? Well, we have a um, conference for every student council, um, every student council high school um, in Chicago once a year. Yeah. And we have a couple eight-hour meetings and... <laughs> A lot so, to do. Do you think this will lead to a career, a political career? Do you like the idea of wielding power and of uh, working with groups, trying to iron out compromises, that sort of thing? I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then what do you actually do in your job? Um, well, I organize the honor delegates, and I get, um, I just, I'm actually sending out the 800 applications to every high school over Illinois. They're going out Monday, and I'll get about 400 back, and I have to go through a point system, and they apply for six different positions through me, and I'm organizing the convention. <laughs> so it all goes through you, basically? Um, part of it, yes. Yeah, so you are the clearinghouse for all goodies, and I mean, that's what politics is all about. You, are, you, you can bestow favors on yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. Very nice to meet you, Rachel. Did you, did you have a question or anything I can answer? Um, not really. <laughs> well, why are you here so early? <laughs> I'm a teenager. <laughs> that's a good question, actually. It just happens to be when the show runs, you know, 10... <laughs> 10 to noon, but uh, Rachel, I wish you a lot of luck in your career. Thank you. Hi. Bill Croman. Is that right? Croman? Cronin? Bean Hill? Where are you? What are you doing over there? Remember who you are. I'll come and see you on the other side. Okay, I'll go over that side next time. I don't think I can get there from here. That's way over there, unless you can get over here somehow. 
Okay, Bill. I got your card. I hate to build up the uh, suspense and then. It says, uh, I chase buffalo and cattle. What do you chase? <laughs> We're talking. Where is he? Oh, he went out through the lobby to come around. Hi, how are you? Yeah. Uh, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Where are you from? Uh, Pomona, Illinois. Pomona. They've been oh. going by today on the way to the uh, winery. And you, uh, you, have a, you have a buffalo herd out there? Uh, no, I don't, but uh, I think somebody uh, wrote this one for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's see. Lonesome on Bean Mountain, Arkansas. I chase buffalo and cattle. What do you chase? Do you ever jump? So this is not your card at all. Oh, this is nice a, this to meet you anyway. It's been a pleasure. Okay. Maybe you'll <laughs> run okay. into mine. What, what actually do you do? Uh, I'm a professional scrounge. What things do you scrounge? Whatever I can find. It's laying out on the curb, wherever. Oh, I see. Okay, and then what do you do with those things? Uh, sell it, use it, uh, recycle it, whatever. Okay, but you do not chase buffalo or cattle? Well, probably if they were in the vicinity, I would. If they were down buffalo cattle, you could possibly scrounge them. That's yeah, I could probably feed a lot of people with those. Well, someone's impersonating you. We're going to find out who, but nice to meet you. Well, who, wrote this, who wrote this card for Bill Cronin? Someone here did. Someone over here did. How about uh, Steve Schaffner? Are you really Steve Schaffner? Oh, there is a Steve Schaffner. Let Steve down here, will you? Because uh, otherwise I have to step on your feet. I'll let him do that. This is from Steve Schaffner. Closer to the end than the beginning tour. Steve, you'll have to explain that to me. Well, it, it started with my grandfather back in the 20s. Yeah. And, uh, he and a bunch of his buddies would leave their families every year, and uh, they built a raft and floated down the Manistee River for two weeks, basically leaving everything else behind. And uh, we kept the process going, and we still do this sort of river trip, and we're leaving next week, going to Wisconsin. And uh, go upstream to Wisconsin from here? Uh, it's a good paddle. But what, you know, we got some strong fellows with us. So. You still build the raft to, uh, to no, keep the traditional we're, we're into like canoes and kayaks now, but... Uh, we built a cabin on the river that they used to raft on, and we go there in the summer. And yeah. So how do you get to Wisconsin by water from here? You have to go up the Mississippi or something? Yeah. No, but we don't go. We take the boats up, and then we come back on the water. Oh, okay. <laughs> That'd be the way I'd go, too. Yeah. Yeah, right. So this is your escaping every year. How many guys go with you on this? Well, this year there'll probably be about 12 of us. Yeah. Women as well are, are welcome? Well, yeah. We, the women and children go during the summer, but in the fall it's just the guys. It's the guy thing. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of vacant staring at moving water and you know, no fishing gear, things like that. <laughs> no fishing at all? Basically, we look for the best Bloody Mary, uh, <laughs> uh, which, by the way, has been found in Wisconsin. Uh, oh, yeah, really where? Pickled beans. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that makes a difference. Oh, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. So this is a drunken canoe trip. Uh, Basically. Uh, how many miles do you cover? Midlife type, yeah. searching, soul-searching type deal. <laughs> Have you lost anybody in any of these trips? I would no, think it'd be... we, we find people, actually. <laughs> yes, but I don't think the wives want to hear about that. <laughs> well, very nice to meet you, Steve. And uh, what, what do you do otherwise here? What is a wall specialist? A wall? That's not me. God, someone is writing fake cards I'm for other people. a painting contractor here in Carbon. Oh, that'd be a wall specialist. Did you write this card? No. <laughs> this is pretty bizarre. Well, nice to meet you, whoever you are, Steve. Have a good trip out there. I want to sign on next year, if I can put a motor on mine. We got to make your prediction, who's going to win the home run? What's your name? Richard Frolicstein. Richard, make your prediction in the home run derby. Hard to say, I think so, so will win. Oh, yeah. uh, what? I'm a big McGuire fan, but you know, I mean, 
Right now, it just looks like Sosa's going to win. You do, huh? You want to pick any numbers out for me? Uh, 68. 68, 67? Yeah. Wow. How about that? Another Cardinal fan, too, with a hat and everything. I don't know what's going on here. Sammy Sosa. We'll see what happens. We're going to play a round of the What Do You Know quiz, a chance for you to win fabulous prizes. Simply for being who you are and knowing what you know before we can do that, we have to have uh, the four disclaimers. Yes, this here's your chance. Hope you haven't overstudied this thing. You had too much, maybe too much time to study this. I don't study. Oh, good. You don't study. So you go to Southern here? No. I'm actually a teacher. Oh, you're a teacher. Okay, say no more. Even better. Your name is? Jen Ward. Jen, would you do the honors, please? Yes, I will. All questions used on what do you know have been painstakingly researched, although the answers have not. Ambiguous, misleading, or poorly worded questions are par for the course. Listeners who are sticklers for the truth should get their own shows. I don't care if you are the Saluki dog. Get your paws off me. <laughs> Persons employed by the International House of Radio or its member stations are lucky to be working at all, let alone tying up the office phones trying to play the quiz. Listeners who have won recently should sit on their hands and let someone else have a chance for a change. All opinions expressed on what do you know are well-reasoned and insightful. Needless to say, they are not those of the International House of Radio, its member stations, or lackeys. Anyone who says otherwise is itching for a fight. Well done. Thank you very much, Jen. Nice to meet you. Let's see the hands of those of you who want to try the math quiz. Chance for you to uh, win some really fabulous prizes simply for having an education, having life experience, closer to the end than the beginning. Yes, how uh, about this uh, woman right here? Would you kind of stand up, please? Join me, yes. You are? Carol Frolicstein. Carol, you have a son here who just predicted a Sosa win, and he's in serious trouble now in town. I know, I'm going to deal with that later. <laughs> we practiced in the car all the way over here, and the kid came out with Sosa for crying out loud. Sometimes you don't know your own children, you know what I'm saying, Carol? Carol, give me one good reason why you should play this quick. Well, because this summer, within a 24-hour period, I lost my wallet, got a flat tire, found termites in my house, and my mother got run over by a horse. Makes sense to me. This is a logical climax to all that. Come on up there. Ascend the stairway, if you would. Carol, you take that one there. So that's the chair that Senator Simon endowed. I know. Thank you. Yes, Cerise. So you practiced in the, you thought this would all happen to you today, huh? In the car? Well, we hoped. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. Well, besides that, our uh, last name is Frolicstein. Yeah. Um, my husband's Jewish. Um, yeah. I'm a Lutheran, so actually in the family we say that we're either Lutheran or Lewish. So. <laughs> really? Okay, good. Um, <laughs> Is that okay to combine religion and state? Religion and what? Well, you know, like separating church and state and all like this. Oh, no, no, it's fine. To have, you can have a religion on this show. Okay. You're not required to abandon that. Part good. Or you put that in the four disclaimers, you know. Yeah. Well, that's good. And besides well, that, our last name, of course, means happy stone. So, happy stone. Or you're happy when you're stoned. Or jolly beer mug. <laughs> Frolicstein, jolly beer mug. Huh? It's the Frolicsteins. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, why didn't someone tell me about the Frolicsteins before I got into this? How many Frolicsteins are there frolicking out there right now, Carol? Well, um, well actually, I have uh, my son Richard, who you met. Richard, briefly. I just met, yeah. Mm -hmm. And my husband, Trip. Uh, I'll say, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's only the beginning. Trip Frolicstein, huh? Yeah, Whoa, yeah. boy. Is, he, is Trip here? Uh, no, he's uh, home with the other one, John Frolicstein. Okay. So that makes how many Frolicsteins? Four of us. Four Frolicsteins, mm -hmm. okay. 
And Carol, uh, what do you do in life? Uh, well, my husband and I have a uh, consulting business. Consulting business, mm -hmm. okay. And we consult in media relations. Ah, okay, media relations. Effective media relations. For companies trying mm -hmm. to spread the word about their products mm -hmm. or whatever. Government it, it, and associations and oh, companies. And I see, all. okay. Uh -huh. So that's Frolicstein Inc.? Uh, no, actually it's called Media Masters, one word. Ooh, cool. They're very cool. Yeah. <laughs> Got a website? Uh, no. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm surprised, okay. And Carol, uh, when you're, it must be a high-pressure kind of job and a lot going on. How do you relax? Are you an outdoor person? You, you bike? Do you? Uh, I have kids. You have kids to relax? Well, come on. <laughs> you, you've got two. There's a lot of time to relax, yeah. isn't there? We're just yeah. redoing a house, yeah. and everybody said, aren't you going to put one of those great big bathrooms in there and a big tub and all? Yeah. And I said, when was the last time you spent more than 90 seconds in the bathroom, or let alone with the door closed with yeah. kids? You know? That's true. So, yeah. no, I, I don't relax. Usually they're in there with you, and I can't, of course. I can hardly go to the bathroom anymore. Cats, like it's, dogs, kids, yeah, you know, always, yeah, sure. Yeah. And they're not yours. I mean, that's the thing that's upsetting. <laughs> you see, you're, in a, you're going to the bathroom and notice that the neighbor kid is in there with yeah, you. And well, you know, this has probably gone too far. It's gotten to the point where I don't even care. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. It really kind of, they all blend together after a while. Uh, Carol, great to have you here, Thanks. and uh, all the Frolicsteens. And uh, you want to make a prediction in the Home Run Derby just to counteract your sons? Absolutely, McGuire. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know how this quiz works. You collaborate yes. with someone out there, they call this number. 618-453-3036. And Jim Packard, what does that spell? That would spell uh, mit glee, not do. Yeah. I'd guess go with the numbers, I guess, this time. I guess six, so. 618-453-3036. That's right. Number to call. Here's the question you can answer. Uh, his wife said that the worst thing about them, this is from something she learned in school here. His wife said that the worst thing about them was trying to hang pictures. What technological marvel of a former Carbondale resident was she referring to? The worst thing about them was trying to hang pictures. Uh, what technological marvel of a former Carbondale resident was she referring to? Someone who lived here in Carbondale and it was hard to hang pictures. Uh, I'm asking why, I guess, and who that might be. If you know, give us a call here, please. 618-453-3036. Let's go to the phones right now. There you are, ringing. Uh, Michael's here in Carbondale. Hi, Michael. Hello. How you doing? All right. Are you at uh, SIU, Michael? Uh, yes, I am. What are you studying? Mathematics. Mathematics. Good field to be in. Yeah, tough one. Yeah. I, always... I should be studying for qualifying exams, but I'm doing this instead. Oh, this is much more. This will probably be on the exam. It might be. Possibly. Michael, uh, his wife said the worst thing about them was trying to hang pictures. What are we talking about here? <clears throat> are you asking about the object or the person? I'm uh, object or the person. Uh, I, I, the person, I guess. Hmm. Well, if you know the object, you know the person. Let's put it that way. I'm having trouble with either one, actually. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad you. I'm glad we qualified that. Former Carbondale resident, uh, quite a famous individual. His wife had a lot of trouble hanging pictures because of all of his fabulous work. Uh, that was the only drawback to what he was doing. Any idea what I'm talking about? Uh, could he have been a painter of some kind? He could have been, but that's not his most famous uh, role, I guess. I guess Michael, I have to call time on this. You want to take a stab at who it might be, or? Uh, uh, no. Okay. Thanks for trying, Michael. All right, thanks a lot. Back to studying. More important anyway, really. Uh, we're going to, uh, Bubba. Hey. How you doing, Bubba? Fine. Take care. <laughs> Is Bubba your given name? Uh, no. No. Not at all. Yeah. Tim. Ted? 
Tim. Tim. Okay. Bubba, what do you do in life? Huh? I work at Arnold's Market. Arnold's Market, ladies and gentlemen. I'm the meat beautification expert. I'm sorry? I'm the meat beautification expert. The meat beautification? Expert. <laughs> I like that job description. Well, Bubba, the worst thing about this uh, was trying to hang pictures of the things that he made. Uh, who is he and what did he make? Bucky Fuller. Bucky Fuller is right. Bubba, meat beautification expert. You qualify for the quiz. Congratulations. And of course, he made the uh, geodesic domes. Right. Uh, yeah. And uh, Bubba, meat beautification involves uh, like what technique is your, is your favorite technique? I just hack them up. Hack them up. up. <laughs> hack them up and put them in those little trays that absorb a lot of the juice that comes That's out. That's right. Yeah. And they look fine. Put a sprig of parsley on there. Right. Make it look good. Sounds good. <laughs> Bubba, this is Carol. Uh huh. Hi, Bubba. Hi. She's a frolicstein. <laughs> you know, they're never going to believe ever that I was on the What Do You Know quiz playing with a guy named Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bubba hardly believes in himself, do you? <laughs> That's right. Are you working today? You're not at the. Yeah, I'm at work. You're well, at Arnold's right now? I'm not saying that too loud. <laughs> Shouldn't you be hacking meat or. Well, you know, sometimes you got to do some other things. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> So, uh, does the boss mind, or are you the boss? I don't know. I hope he don't mind. <laughs> no, I'm, sure. I'm sure you could explain it to him. You know. I hope. <laughs> All right, uh, Bubba, you know how this works. You and Carol collaborate. Okay. And if you get three right out of five, you win fabulous prizes. Jim Packard, what are those uh, question uh, uh, division uh, labels? Those categories. Categories. Events, people, places, things you shouldn't have learned in school had you been paying attention, science, or odds and ends. All right, Bubba, you pick the first one because you're working right now. Uh, what are they again? <laughs> Jim Packard, what are those question category labels? Kurt events, people, places, school, science, odds and ends. Odds and ends. Odds and ends could be anything. All right, may a Saluki dog mascot lift his leg to protest a call during a sporting event? Uh, no. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll defer to you on this one, Bubba. That's right. No, that has been banned, according to the Saluki dog mascot trainer. All right. They are no longer allowed to do that. They form a very popular move. Jim? That's one right. No wrong. All right. You're not translating all these little asides that I'm making here. We're getting simultaneous translation here. Huh? And, uh, well, we have someone here who's on stage who's doing the uh, sign language while I'm speaking. Okay. And make sure you get all the stuff. Shokinad, Marom, Kadosh, Shimo. Yeah, bro. Uh, okay. She's missing a lot of this stuff. I don't know what it is. Okay, so uh, Jim, I'm sorry, what did you one say right, it was? One right, no wrong. One right and no wrong. You're on the road to success here. And uh, Carol, you pick one. Current events, people, places, school, or science. People. People, okay. All right. All right, Dateline Carbondale. According to a recent survey, non-athletic college students average 4.12 drinks per week. How many do college athletes consume? Uh, is it 7.34, 9.13, or 11.11? That's their blood alcohol content at that point, I believe, 11%. Well, I, 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 I'm going to go with C, 11.11, no doubt. Uh, you're going with the highest one? Yeah. 11.1? Uh, like Bubba, you have a feeling on this? No. I want to say 7, the 7 one. 11. I'm sorry? The 7. 7.34, 7. and Bubba, 7. What's, 7.34, yeah. What's your, what's your thinking? I'm going to say, yeah, 7.34. Okay. 
So there's no thinking behind it. You just have a feeling yeah, about well, it. Okay. You know, they got to drink a little more. They're bigger. Bubba, you got more applause for the seven than I did for my 11. Maybe she was a little biased on my part. So, okay, I'll go with what 7. he said. 7.34. So it's uh, almost, almost double. That last three-fourths of a drink is what does it to you, I think. And, uh, Jim? Two right, no wrong. Two right and no wrong. Okay, so really, you're doing quite well here. Back to Bubba for one of these. Current events, places, school, or science? Current events. Okay. If he only works well under pressure, his career might well be ruined by the foreign minister's remarks. Who am I referring to? Someone in the news? Famous individual? Again. Yes. If he only works well under pressure, his career, as an author, I might add, might author. be ruined by the foreign minister's remarks. Who am I referring to? Someone in the news? Any multiple choice? No, something I probably should have seen in the news. Made the headlines I have everywhere. Kids. Do I read the paper? <laughs> you can't blame them for everything, you know. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> Salmon Rusty. <laughs> Salmon Rusty is right. I had the gall to like sort of make fun of a guy named Bubba. Yeah, <laughs> this guy is a So sharp. far, he's got all three. We are smart over here. <laughs> <laughs> That's the motto there at Arnold's. Uh, we smart over here. That's uh, <laughs> let us beautify your meats. Uh, That's right. Yeah. What's on special there today, Bubba? Just Top sirloin. Top sirloin. Okay. Hacked by the man himself there. But, That's right. Well, you guys, you know, you've actually won the quiz. You could quit now. Or, Jim, what could they do? Well, Carol and Bubba, you could uh, stop here and collect your prize, or you can go out and try for the mother load. All you have to do is answer two more questions from Let's our for three meeting categories. for the mother load. All right, Jim, what remains? We have places, school, or science. Places, school, or science. Uh, Carol, places. I guess. Places. Okay. All right. Uh, what major sporting event in Duquan? Duquoin. Yeah, I got it right the last time. Duquoin. Major sporting event? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me okay. finish the question. All right. Take two. What major sporting event in Duquoin resulted in 46 citations for squealing tires? Street Machine Nationals. <laughs> what did he say? Do you want to go along with that? Oh, oh yes. Yes, that's right. The Street Machine Nationals. Uh, go figure, squealing tires at the Street Machine Nationals. Also, 30 speeding tickets, 52 seat belt violations, and 15 public indecency, which means you got sometimes when you gotta go, you gotta go. That's I mean, let's right. face it. No way around that. But wasn't there a major horse race that was always held in the Hamiltonian? Hamiltonian. Yeah, yeah. yeah but we're not before talking we finish about the question, yeah. that's what I was That's thinking. what I was thinking. <laughs> wasn't squealing hoofs, though. <laughs> My mother right, got run over by No wrong. Horse. All right, this is the deciding question. Let's see what's uh, left here, Jim. School or science? Bubba? Science. Science. <laughs> what percentage of mated birds are seeing someone else? <laughs> surprising. Surprising. What percentage of mated birds, birds who have mates, are actually seeing another bird in this surprising result? Is it 25, 50, or 90%? 90%. Go for it. Baba, how do you know that? I read it in yesterday's paper. It was. It's from yesterday's paper. What a guy. You win. I can read everything. <laughs> Uh, Bubba, 
Bubba, if you're ever feeling old, cheer up looking at a hundred million year old agatized dinosaur bone from Alan Stuck Studios in Macanda, while swilling a splendid bottle of wine from the Von Jacob Vineyard and Winery of Pomona, Illinois, then stretch out on a rug hand woven by Anita Hayden from the Southern Sisters of Macanda. Learn the state capital of Illinois and all of the other states in 20 minutes with the book Yo Sacramento from Goodwood Press and create a capital sensation wearing that genuine Michael Feldman What Do You Know t-shirt with the Trey Chic designer logo. Carol, you've won the Bounteous Boca Burger barbecue bundle, everything from the genuine Weber grill and the bundle of Boca Burgers to an apron and hand-saving cooking mitts and the meatless Boca Burger people. For more grilling ideas, a collection of barbecue cookbooks, including K Queens, Hooked on Fish on the Grill and Vegetables on the Grill from Kansas City's Pig Out Publications, Step Out in a Bright Blue and Yellow Moonstar Hat from Macanda's Molly Terrenson, Discover All of the Wonders of the Heavens with the uh, subscription to the magazine Astronomy from Kalmbach Publishing, and do all of that stargazing wearing a Michael Feldman What Do You Know cap and galactic beige. Congratulations to you. Hey, Bubba. Hey, we did it! <laughs> For a catalog of what-do-you-know-related items, stop by Not Much Shopping at notmuch.com or call our hotline during the week at 1-800-942-5669 and leave your name and address. Michael Feldman's What Do You Know is produced by Wisconsin Public Radio for Public Radio International, Michael Feldman, Producer International. PRI Public Radio International. Contact me, uh, 714-373-7278. Steve Woolley. Okay, can you repeat the number again? 714 373-7278. Thank you. I need to know, specifically, if you're seeing any problems with our system. It's a, it's, it's a big system, and we need you to help us to keep it clean. Uh, obviously, we don't want these problems. They're expensive. They're expensive for us and for you. And we're doing our damnedest to straighten those uh, issues out. But uh, as for Florence's question uh, to Ray, the second question as to the percentage... Um, I am not sure that I have that to my fingertips here, uh, but in general, in general, it's been very good. I will say that a couple of our, uh, not a couple of our, all of our service people at various times, understanding certain of the supply issues, have said two to three weeks. We rarely, rarely go that long. It is, I think, the service center personnel's desire not to mislead people by making a five-day policy statement and then having it go 10 days to two weeks that they've erred on the side of uh, exaggerating the time in the hopes that the unit would be back to the customer in in those five days so the policy statement here is five days the target is maximum of five days well, I, th I think the loaner policy is going to help out a lot but it's actually to tell you the truth tom the loaner is is very difficult um uh, is a very difficult issue for us because, you know, you're transporting machines all over the place and, and you don't know what you're going to get back and all the rest of it. Right. Typically what we've done is um, if somebody's got a genuine problem, I will just send a new machine out. We will then deal with the machine that they had in, in the way that we have to. We can, we can do a number of things with those. We can uh, use them for B-stock, trade shows, etc., uh, promotional pieces, or scrap them for parts. 
there's a number of things that we like to do, but in the interest of speed and cleanliness, as it were, the machine goes out and that usually stays where it's supposed to be. Whenever those things come to my attention, if there is an inordinate amount of time and an error on our side, um, that is the policy that we've established uh, for that product. So again, if anyone has had any specific problems or is experiencing those, you have my number and as you said in the introductions, the the yen stops here. <laughs> okay. All right. We have callers now, and they've been on the line a bit. Uh, first caller is Dan Wesker. He's from WWWF in Pensacola, Florida. Hi, Dan. Hello. That's WUWF. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> um, From Shryock Auditorium in Carbondale, Illinois, it's Michael Feldman's What Do You Know from PRI, Public Radio International. That's John Tulin at the piano, Jeff Eccles on bass, Dave Bayless on drums, and I'm Jim Packard. In this hour of What Do You Know, Cobden Museum curator Patrick Brumleave, Guy and Paul Rinzaglia of the Alto Vineyards, special musical guest Liesl Schoenberger and the What Do You Know quiz. Support for What Do You Know comes from Public Radio International affiliate stations and the Public Radio International Program Fund. Support is also provided by Southern Illinois University Carbondale, home to St. Louis football great Jim Hart and the Salukis. Their traditions of academic excellence and access can bring success to your future. And by SIUC's Office of Economic and Regional Development, assisting businesses with startup and expansion. For information, call 618-536-4451 or visit their website at www.siu.edu. Now, the man who'd rather be out at the Bass Classic, throwing another big one in the live well, Michael Feldman. Thank you. Great to be here in Carbondale, and uh, you're a great audience, and uh, enjoying being in town. I, we waited the, the uh, Copper uh, Dragon. Copper Dragon. Last night. Great place. Wonderful. Really kind of cool. A converted theater. Excellent idea. Good food. Enjoyed that. And, uh, uh, and, uh, and actually, I noticed there's been a lot of conversion of facilities here from one thing to another in town, it seems. But I, I do have some reservations about actually scuba diving into filtration tanks. And I think we should examine this a little more closely. I just, I just wanted to mention that to you before we go on. Here's a, a young woman who's uh, 14 years old, and she's won just a mass of uh, awards across the country. You're trained, uh, Lisa, you were trained classically to begin right. with? Right, I started when I was two and a half. So you're two and a half, you did Suzuki. She plays fiddle and violin. Some people think it's the same thing. It's not, they're two different things. One's a fiddle, one's a violin. And uh, would you welcome, please, Liesl Schoenberger.
Wazel. So is it hard to shift gears from classical to playing country fiddle? Uh, not really. <laughs> it's just um, you have to change your mindset. But uh, yeah. other than that, playing the same instrument, it's basically the same thing, except you're just a little bit different music. Well, I'm wondering when, when you have your classical teachers and they know you're doing country, are they, are they sort of aghast that you're doing fiddling too on the same instrument? Uh, not really. <laughs> they're, they're pretty used to it by now. They're used to you by now. Yeah. But did you know at, at two and a half that this is what you wanted to play? I didn't know what I was doing at two and a half. <laughs> My parents just kind of basically handed me the violin and said, here you go, and I yeah. said, okay. So that's basically how I got started. Yeah. They're musical too? No. <laughs> no, my dad can uh, play the radio, but that's, my, that's about it. That's it. Well, that's a talent too, I guess. Yeah, if he doesn't get static. Yeah. You know. Grandparents are musical? There must be a gene for it somewhere. Um, my, my, my grandparents um, played organ, piano, but not really based on like, a career or anything. But they, they did sing, and they were very musical in that perspective. Yeah. And uh, how, many, how many miles have you put on your van uh, traveling to musical events? I have no idea. Too many to count. <laughs> like 140,000 I saw in the, in the paper, something like that. that yeah. You do a lot of traveling to do this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Getting away of your studies at school? Um, well, it does, but I... I handle it pretty well. I've yeah. been doing this for five years, so I'm pretty used to it. Yeah. But are you looking for a career in music? Um, probably. Probably a career. I won't stop it. I don't know if it'll be my lifetime goal, but no, it'll always be there. Well, that's great. Lisa, it's tremendous. Let's introduce here. you got Kevin Liley here playing guitar with you. Yeah. 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 Hey, buddy. Great job. Kevin, great to have you here. You got another number for us? Yeah, I sure do. Uh, this is one of my winning um, competition pieces. It's called Tom and Jerry. Liesl Schoenberg.
Liesel Schoenberger. Fantastic. So you think, you think her parents are proud or what, you know? I, I'm gonna go back and make Ellie take piano again. She lasted about six weeks. What to do in the area? There's so much to do in the area. Of course, the Shawnee uh, National Forest here, a lot of recreation, there's tremendous things to do in the area. One thing, if you're a museum person, you might wanna stop at the Cobden Museum. Patrick Brumley is here with me from the, from the Cobden. He's the curator out there. Patrick, oh, um, where is the Cobden Museum? Uh, Cobden is 16 miles south of Carbondale. 16 miles south, okay. And uh, what is Cobden noted for? Oh, yeah, yeah fuzzies, the, the tavern's there. Very fuzzies? Pop. Yeah, fuzzies. <laughs> what do they serve there? I mean, what's the house drink there? Uh, just about whatever you want, I think. Yeah, okay. Uh, Cobden is uh, fruit country. Uh, the railroad runs through it, and it was uh, known as a railroad stop for several years until the train stopped coming through. Uh, the trains start going around it at a certain point, or yeah. Or? Well, I meant stopped. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, fruits and orchards, uh, very much known, popular there. Like the school teams called the Apple Knockers. The Apple Knockers. That's right. <laughs> Are they still knocking apples down there? Oh, very much. Yeah. And see, it's in the season right now. Do they just have the Apple Festival? Is that in Compton? Or? Uh, no, Compton has the Peach Festival. The Peach uh, Festival. Uh, Murfreesboro has the Apple Festival. Okay. So we, we spread our fruit around. We spread our fruit around. Now, there's another saying, if I ever heard one. We're getting a lot of sayings on today's show. So that sounds good. And now the Cobden Museum, uh, does, that, does it stick with Cobden history? Or? Yes. yes. Well, no, actually Union County uh, history. Mm -hmm. I'm, uh, I'm president of the Union County Historical Society, mm -hmm. so I'm very interested in preserving anything dealing with Union County. Yeah, and such things, I, someone said gopher teeth. I mean, is that? Uh, uh, yeah, that's this one item over here. Oh yes, there's the gopher with the teeth. The ground, it's a groundhog. Yeah, the yeah. groundhog. This yeah. is another one that we found where the yeah. teeth have actually grown through the skull. Oh man, I hate it when that happens. <laughs> you know, a little dental care would have prevented this. Very much so. Because they keep growing on those rodents, don't they? Right. And they come actually uh, right through the skull. Is this a big favorite at the museum? This Very much so. That was, uh, in I my case, with stuffed animals. I have snakes and birds and things like that. And the kids really love looking at that stuff. Yeah. Any live uh, animals? Or? No, they're all dead. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's a museum, I guess that makes sense. It would, yes. be, it would be a zoo, otherwise. And that one there is uh, mounted by Jack uh, Etherton. Yeah, Etherton. Yeah. And, and killed by Betty Harrell. Yes, a local person. She killed it in Cobden. Yeah, she kills him, he mounts him. What a good right. relationship that must be. <laughs> That's cool, okay. And, and uh, what else? Oh, uh, one of the other favorites yeah. is uh, Smiling Sam from Alabama. Smiling Sam from Alabama, and yes. this is uh, the peanut man. Yes, it is. You can pull on the tongue. You pull on, can it, does it still work? Uh, I don't have peanuts in it, but uh, the tongue does come out. Oh, yeah. You pull on the tongue and then... Yep. There's a hole there where the peanuts would come out. You put oh, your hand underneath yeah. and pull, and you get a handful of peanuts for a penny. So that was a penny peanut machine. Were these yes. common uh, in this area? Or uh, no, not really. It's a pretty rare piece. Yeah. Where'd you get something like that? You... Uh, by like almost of everything in the museum, people just loaned and donated things. Uh, it was started by my grandfather in 1961, along with his brother and another gentleman in Cobden. Yeah. And uh, they were all lifelong citizens. And uh, so uh, when the word got out that they were going to develop a museum based on the, the Native American Indian artifacts that they found, uh, a lot of people uh, just brought in all their 
what they thought was junk. Yeah, who brought this in? Who brought in uh, Sam? Don't remember. Sam the peanut man. That's quite a little thing there. Yeah, it quite is. Quite a big thing, actually. Yes, it is. I've now got I, a, I have a collector that keeps saying, uh, if you ever want to get rid of that, you let me know. Yeah, right. You know yeah. what that means. Yes. That's worth big money. For yes. You. Don't sell it for peanuts, whatever you do. Uh, no. <laughs> now, these, you have some weapons here, right? Yes. Uh, this is a pair of French dueling pistols that came from my great-great-grandfather. Yeah. He brought them over from France. Just in case you want to get involved in uh, some argument, basically. Right. Yeah, that way they could settle it. Uh-huh. These are dueling pistols. Mm-hmm. One shot. Yeah, one shot each. That's all you get. Were they ever used? I don't know. Uh, I, the story is, is that uh, they were his father's, and uh, if they were ever actually used, I don't know, but uh, probably pretty good yeah. chance that they were. One, yeah. what, no, see. no, that's all right. In case yeah, still, you never know. Loaded. You never know, really. Yeah. So your family's French? Uh, uh, on my mother's side. On your mother's side. Yeah, my dad's side, German. Well, so it happens. A, yeah. It even happens in Europe, you know. It yeah. can happen here, too. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. yes. Uh, this is a very this? interesting piece. It's uh, made by the Kirkpatrick Pottery, which ah. uh, was operated in Anna, and it's a nude woman pipe. It is, actually. Uh, yeah, I call it's it really my Bill Clinton nice... pipe now. Yeah. Very, it's a very yeah. nice piece. Yeah, I think Bill would like it very much. Uh, what was smoked in these? Is this actually a tobacco uh, pipe? Yeah, or? it was a, t a tobacco pipe. I think it was oh. more ornamental than anything. Yeah. Uh, what do you want for this? Uh, <laughs> sorry. But I think what's interesting is they have little areas etched into it, and across her breast, uh, they etched in uh, the words Black Hills. Oh, yeah? I don't... Oh, yeah, you're right, really. I'm... Very nice. It's like a souvenir, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Very they had a weird sense of humor. I guess so, yes. Very, very attractive little pipe there. Uh, in the back there, if you want to grab that in the book, uh, that's made out of hair. Ah. This is all hair? Yeah. This is a, a, a brooch and an ear bob, a uh, brooch and an ear bob of human hair. Uh, this was something very popular to do around the uh, late 1800s to... Uh, make decorations from human hair. When women comb out their hair, they saved it. And, so this uh, would be a human using his own hair? Right. Or her right, own hair. Or, yeah. Most cases, female. Yeah. And then well, the... how do you weave something like that? That's good. I really don't know. Small work. Beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's a very Beautiful. interesting item. Yeah. And then the book there is an uh, album of hair that uh, apparently... Hair? Yeah, hair album. I'll let you open it. <laughs> that, oh, uh, the, yeah. Oh. The family members... I guess uh, when they were ch children, would uh, snip a, a locket of hair and see, paste it, it in actually, the book. It's shedding in some place. Yeah. That's very, that's... And uh, I guess, you know, with the... I'm having an emotion here <laughs> looking at this. I don't usually have them. I feel I mean, it's kind of sad because it's a hair, this goes way yeah. back, right? So oh, yeah, I'm sure all these people are dead now. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> with the... Uh, the hair is still in the book, yeah. isn't that? With, clo with cloning, I guess we could... Uh, you know, maybe try to clone these people or something now. Yeah. Well, look at hair here. Uh, George, born 1852, a little hair left there. And that's all we leave behind, a little things, and little samples in a hair book, ladies and gentlemen. That's really kind of sad. Nice yeah. heirloom. That's the... <laughs> Who said that? Very good. Thank you. I was looking for a way out of this. I was just having... <laughs> It's really quite a beautiful little book. Is that a common thing that people do to uh, yes, it keep was, albums uh, of hair? Yeah, it was. I, and I think people still kind of, you know, their baby or whatever, they'll yeah, snip I, a little locket of hair I've and done keep that it. And I can't look at it without going, oh, yeah. my baby's hair, you know. Uh, okay, uh, this is an unusual item, too, that we have that people get a kick out of. It's a hairball from a cow. Oh, jeez. <laughs> 
You should really say that before you hand something to somebody. <laughs> say, well, would, you, would you like a hairball from a cow? And I would have said no. But... Well, it didn't come out the other end, I mean. No. Well, I've handled those too, actually. Once they dry, they're not bad. But uh, this is a hair. He coughed that up, huh? Well, or she I, did, excuse yeah. me. Well, I think they found it after they killed the cow. Oh, uh, I see. Okay. They got so, it out of the stomach, so that's yeah. how it forms. Very, very nice. Very neat little ball there. Is, uh, where does that hair come from? Well, Have they been eating they, the album again or what? I don't know. Uh, when yeah. they uh, like lick themselves or, or lick their calf or, or okay. whatever, uh, it uh, okay. forms. Yeah. Another are you eye. signing all this properly? How do you, how do you say hairball in, in the sign language? Yeah. <laughs> Hair and ball. Okay, I, I think I could probably do this for a living. Yeah. One other item I have here is, can you guess what that is? Mustache cup. Right. Yes. A lot of people don't realize that there were actually mustache cups. It's kind of ornate for, I don't know if a man would use an ornate mustache. I mean, it sends a mixed message to me. Yeah, that's saying, what I thought too. Yeah. Uh, someone commented once, well, maybe a woman used it. You know how the rough those pioneer women were. <laughs> You're right. It's a woman's mustache cup. It's the kind of thing you don't see in a lot of places, but... There's another one, too, another mustache. Cup. And this, uh... That's a helmet from World War I. Yeah. Uh, the famous, with the point. Uh, Is it German? Yeah, German. Yeah. Uh, what was the point supposed to do for you on top of your helmet? I, I have no idea. To keep a horse from falling on your head or something? If you, Probably. If you're a foot soldier? I never understood that. And it's got, like, it's vented. It has little holes and a little yeah. spike on top. This is from World War I? I mean, how, yeah. how did this arrive at the museum? Uh, we had some uh, people from Cobden who were in World War I, and they were allowed to bring some things back. And, German uh, soldiers? Uh, no, American. Oh, okay. <laughs> Probably uh, souvenirs. Uh, they were allowed to do that a lot back then. Uh, I don't think this would do you a lot of good in most modern warfare. Though. No. And the final thing I have nice. here is uh, for, Collection I thought, uh, honor Paul Simon. Uh, it's a collection of political buttons for, uh, from Paul Simon when he ran for president. Women for Simon and Simon for women. I like this. It's women for Simon, Simon for women. Yeah, I don't think they're going to use that. Clinton could have ran on that yeah. one. Simon in 72, I support Simon, little bow tie. That's really great. So you have the entire Simon collection there. Trying to get it. Yeah. Uh, that's my personal hobby. I like to collect uh, presidential memorabilia. Yeah. And it's, it's been a heyday right now. Yeah, I, well, I bet. <laughs> what's, what's the rarest presidential uh, thing that you, that you own? Um, probably uh, an item from uh, Lincoln, uh, a ribbon uh, from uh, Abraham Lincoln's campaign. Yeah, yeah. Does it say something on it? Uh, like, vote for Lincoln. <laughs> you know, vote for Lincoln. Lincoln. <laughs> Even in those days, they had flashes. Oh, yeah. Saying. Well, I want to thank you for bringing this down here, and it's uh, the uh, Cobden Museum. And I guess if you can get to Cobden, you can find the museum, right? Very easily. It's, yeah. uh, I used to say near the bridge, but we lost our bridge. Oh, you did. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. that... We, we have an overpass now. Oh. But it, it's near the overpass in downtown Cobden, and like you said, once you're in Cobden in the downtown, you can see everything. Thank you very much. Patrick Brumley for bringing all this down here to sharing it with us. From the Cobden Museum. Thanks a lot, Patrick. Appreciate it. I bet your mom saved uh, little clippings from you. Um, little hair clippings? Hair clippings. Does she, I bet might, she does. There might, might be a hair clipping somewhere, like a yeah. baby shoe or something. Baby shoe. Do you have yours bronze somewhere? I bet this. No, no, I don't think I have any bronze. Those size 11 baby shoes of yours? <laughs> Even then, you knew something big was in the offing. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, uh, John, you did the uh, tribute a little earlier to Gershwin. Uh, what's this next one going to be? This is another tribute to Gershwin. It is. It's like an all Gershwin today. Yeah. Huh? yeah. Excellent. What's this, what's this number? But not for me. But not for me. You know Jeff on the bass. You know Dave on the drums. So what do you know trio? <laughs>
on drive. Sounded really good. I'm up here in the balcony. Hi, how are you doing up here? Pretty good. Were you all leaving? Everyody was standing when I got here. Were you about to go? Did you have to be somewhere? Or? No, no. My son was sitting in the aisle and I was sitting on the seat. But oh, I'm so now sorry. He's I'm, on sitting, I'm, I'm standing on your seat. I had no, 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 go ahead. Get right back down there. What are you doing here? Just a little busy work? Frederick, the, what is that you're reading? Frederick's Fables. Is that a good book? It has mousies in it. Mousies in it. Is that your favorite kind of book? No. Well, who picked it out then? Me. Are you kind of sorry now? Do you, have, you feel like you should have got something else? Uh-uh. What book are you reading now that you really like? I don't know. Tornado books. Oh, so you like disaster books? <laughs> Not very much. <laughs> nice talk. What's your name? Ryan. Ryan, nice to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was Ryan. Rupert in the balcony. You also got uh, Bonnie Swift. Is up to Bonnie Swift? Oh, on the other side there. I don't know if I can get there from here. All right, well, I'll come down that way. Up here. Are you Bonnie Swift? Hello, Bonnie. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good. Nice to see you. Do we know each other? It says here we went oh, no. to... No, I just wondered if you were in school in University of Wisconsin back in 69. Yeah, I was. So was I. You were. Do I look familiar? No. <laughs> Do I? Kind of hard to... I don't know. You could be. Possible. We didn't sleep together, did we? <laughs> Not that I remember. You know how it was. In those days, you had to sleep with everybody you met. Oh, look, she's signing this. This is so cool. Uh, I say sleep together. What's, whoa, that's, that's the sign for sleep together. Like, sleep together. Uh, and of course, a lot of times you had sex. <laughs> I say sex, what is sex again? Show me sex. <laughs> whoa, I gotta tell you, you people at home are missing a much better show here with the sign language than anything I can do here. That was very interesting, okay. Uh, well, very nice to see you again. I don't know, what, where did you, uh, what did you graduate in, in 70? I dropped out like the next year. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. You came right here when you dropped out? Nope, went to Chicago for a couple years because that's where I was from. Okay, well, it's nice to see you again. See you around the Union one of these days. Yeah. It's probably a lot different 30 years later. I don't know, I've stayed there. That was my mistake. I stayed too long on campus. I know the old man on campus there, but very nice to see you. Bonnie Swift is a researcher here now. Eric Rund is here. Where is Eric Run? <laughs> Where is Eric Run? Huh? Oh, he's on that side. Well, can't we agree on a side here? I don't know. Eric Run uh, here is a, a farmer in the area. Eric, who's watching the farm while you're here? Pardon me? Who's watching the farm? Uh, no one. They're on their own to me. Really? Yes. Yes. So this is a, you're in where in Pisodum? Pisodum, yes. Oh, I did it right. I'm so glad. Where is Pisodum? Pisodum is uh, right south of Champaign-Urbana, University of Illinois up there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're in hostile territory here. Um, no, we get along with these guys okay. Yeah, yeah. As long as you avoid certain issues. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, that's fine. And your farm is, a, what kind of farm is it? Corn, soybean, and hogs. Yeah. Good yeah. year for it? No. No? <laughs> no. Bad year. Bad year? Yeah. Yeah. Too wet, too dry, too sunny, too... Yes, all of, all, all of the above. <laughs> too much interference from Washington, all the usual things? Yes, yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, you have a question for me, I guess, Eric. Yes. I, 
we also detasseled corn in the summer. And uh, I've had a guy at work for four years, and he did it all four years and never knew why he was doing what he was doing. And, ah. and I just wondered if you knew why you detasseled corn. Uh, it's to get the tassels off it, as I understand. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd have to eat those, and they're really because they would go up your nose when you're eating a, uh, an ear of corn. It has something to do with, uh, the, so it keeps them from having sex with each other, doesn't it? I say sex. <laughs> Is that it? That's, right. That's exactly it. Yeah, you've got that. He Why don't you want to have corn, corn to have sex with each other? It's just an embarrassing thing to be around? Or? Well, when you have a whole field doing it at the same time, it's, it's kind of bad. It keeps you up at night, probably, all, all that stuff going on. Well, thank you for clearing yeah. that up, Eric. Well, yeah. Thank you very much. Enjoy yeah. your show. Thank you very much. Nice to have you here. Thanks for making the trip. Uh, oh, yes. And I, I cannot leave the balcony without seeing uh, Debbie ben Benant? Ben Benoit. Benoit? Yes. She has bobber earrings, ladies and gentlemen. Are you wearing them? Oh, you have them, you're not even wearing your bobber earrings? Like, this is not a special occasion? Debbie Benoit, lawyer. She's from St. Louis. And she has bobber earrings. Let's have a look at those. Oh, aren't they cute? One of them is broken. Of them is broken. Yeah. Can you use them in a pinch if you are fishing? Or? Warm. I really do. I can only put on one because the other one is broken. Did you break it while wearing it? No, actually, I discovered last night. Attacked by a giant trout. Well, giant, giant muskie. A muskie attacked you while wearing your earrings. Well, thanks very much, Debbie, for bringing up your bobber earrings. <laughs> We're going to play another round of the What Do You Know quiz because uh, if we don't, a lot of people are disappointed, you know, and I, I aim to please. We got a uh, look here for uh, someone, uh, I guess we had a female the first time. I know we had a female the first time. We're looking for a male this time. It's going to be a tough call. I'm, I'm looking at this young, this young gentleman right here waving his hat. He's an SIU student. Let's hear from the young people. I say, let's see what the Saluki dogs can do. And you are? Mike Taylor. Mike Taylor, you're at SIU. What year are you? Uh, I'm a senior. Okay, so she, you know everything you're going to know oh, as far as your college experience goes. Not necessarily. Actually, I'm a transfer student. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you can blame it on another college if you don't know what else is. So Mike, it's Mike, right? Yes. Mike, give me one good reason why you should play this quiz. Uh, I'm a radio TV major, and I need all the experience I can get. Needs the experience. All right. Come on down, Mike. Let's, let's hit this, let's attack this right away here, Mike. The party school image of SIU. Um, I don't think it's totally true. No. Not totally true? You mean you're not drinking all the time? <laughs> right. We do some studying, yes. 
you do some studying. Is yeah. that true about what party uh, the weekend starts on Wednesday? Uh, I don't know. Me personally, it doesn't really start at all because I don't do that thing. You don't? You don't? Well, there you go. But you're not saying you're all work and no play. Right. Actually, I did, I did turn 21 on Monday, so yeah. I did go out for then. Well, what is that like? What is it? What does it feel like to taste your first beer? Um. <laughs> were you surprised by the taste at all? Or? Yeah, I was. Were you? Because, you know, that root beer, it looks like that, but it's an entirely different taste sensation. Different parts of the tongue are involved, and uh, right. you're a young person, I don't have to tell you that. But, uh, so uh, it was quite an experience for you. Did you yes, it was. Did you have a big party? Uh, um, just a few of my friends. I got one of my friends up there in the audience. Yeah. Yeah, He's a Viking Spain. Yeah, I can see that by his garb. And uh, so yeah, we went out. Where'd you, where do you go when you party around here? Uh, we just go up, up to the strip. There's a few bars along the strip. Break a window and then go home? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no. You know, I did happen to drive through campus here. Went to the campus. I saw more uh, plywood in windows than I think I've ever seen on any other outside of a war zone. And, and uh, the, the guys, I mean, are there guys throw TVs through their window? Or what do they do when they're having Oh, they must. I mean. Yeah. Have you noticed that too? A lot of plywood in windows. Yeah, we, we used to have, I guess, bad, uh, bad times on Halloween, and so yeah. they closed the campus down. But yeah. the but school's been really, really good about, you know, the, the students themselves. They haven't been doing that a lot anymore. Right. So. And you, of course, never, you don't do that. Right. You're not that kind of guy. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Mike. Are you also, a, are you a Greek? A Greek? No, I'm not. Yeah. Is that by choice? or? Yeah. Um, Greek life doesn't appeal to you? Yeah, it just doesn't appeal to me at all. Yeah. Are you from around here? Where'd you... I'm originally from Jacksonville, Illinois, mm -hmm. um, but I live in Springfield. Springfield. And you're hoping for a career in radio or, and yeah. or television? Yes. Um, either or. I actually volunteer at WSIU. Yeah. Do you want to be an on-air kind of guy? Or are you... Yeah. Actually, actually, I do the on-air sportscast on Monday afternoons, oh, 4.30. Yeah. yeah. So you want to tune in for that, I guess. And then, uh, you, so you want to be one of those guys, uh, like an, an anchor, sports anchor? Would be yeah. Ideal for you? What I'd really like to what do. What starting is, salary are you looking for? Something? Just anything in the tens of thousands would in be the good. Tens of <laughs> <laughs> so you work for $10,000 a year. That's a pretty good deal. I mean. To start out, yeah. Or um, multiples of that, I guess. Actually, what I'd like to do is be like a play by play man for like the NFL. Yeah. So hopefully go. I can get, get away, find a way to get in there. Yeah, well, if I find one, I'll let you know. Usually you have to Thank play you. football in the NFL to come back and do that, you know. But uh, there must be a way short of that where you do that. Mike, it's great to have you here, and I wish you a lot of luck. Thank you. We're going to play the quiz. Someone out there gets to play along with you. And Jim Packard, uh, what, uh, how do they do that? They would call 618-453-3036, play along to qualify. All right, thank you. Uh, Boomer, the legendary Macanda Hound Dog. Lost his life, I'm sorry to tell you if you hadn't heard. Attempting to do what? If you know, give us a call here. Boomer, the legendary Macanda Hound Dog, who has a, actually has a monument there in Macanda. I guess I haven't had a chance to see it. I hope to get out there to look at it and pay my respects. Lost his life, attempting to do what? Boomer, the Macanda Hound Dog. You know, give us a call here. What is that number again? 618-453-3036. Okay, we got a little problem with the monitor here, so I'm going to just take this on faith. Uh, hi, who is this? Um, Eric. Hi, Eric. Where, where are you calling from? Nashville, Illinois. I want to say hi to my mommy and da or my daddy and my sister. They're in the audience. Your daddy and your sister are in the audience. That's oh, right. They're, they're there. They're standing up and waving right now. <laughs> uh, Eric's okay. You okay, Eric? Yep. Okay. Everything under control? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, Boomer. Have you heard of Boomer, the legendary Macanda hound dog? I'm 
sorry to say I haven't. I'm sorry too, uh, Eric. It's going to be a tough one. How did he lose his life? Any idea? Uh, crossing the creek. No. That's a good try, though. Sorry, Eric. Yep. But mom and, uh, mom and uh, sister? My sister and my dad. Yeah, dad and sister say hello. Maybe they know. Maybe they do, but we'll never find out, <laughs> will we? Thanks, though, Eric. Okay, we got here. Who's this? Hello. Hello. You're on the air with Michael Feldman. This is Michael Feldman, as a matter of fact. Who's this? And, and this is Greg Noss from, from Carbondale, Illinois, calling from Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, what's your first name? Greg. Greg? I want to say hey to my brother in the audience there, Dennis. Dennis is in the audience? That's right. Is he here? Yeah, he's up there. Okay, everyone is calling him with a relative for some reason just to see if they're yeah. all right. They're checking in on him or something. You know about Boomer? Man, I wish I did. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I've never heard of Boomer. What's that? I've never heard of Boomer, but I'll take a, I'll take a wild guess. Yeah, what was he trying to outrun at the time? Let me ask you that. Oh, I want to say a train. You're right. Hey. You're right, Greg. He was trying to outrun the train, and he ran into the abutment there. Hey, what else? I mean, Macanda is a big railroad town. Yeah, yeah, you're right. September 2nd, 1859, the day of infamy for Boomer. I remember it well. The Macanda Hound Dog, yeah, and there's a little monument out there. Well, Greg, an amazing piece of work there. Congratulations. <laughs> Greg, what do, you, what do you do in life? Uh, I'm a student You're a down student? in Nashville here, grad student. Yeah, a grad student in what? In speech-language pathology. Oh, speech-language pathology. So you, you don't think of dead people talking, but I guess they do. <laughs> Interesting field to be in. And uh, You had some speech-language pathologists on there a while back, I remember. I did. I said exactly the same joke because I have like a one-track mind. And uh, this is Mike over here. He's a student here at uh, SIU. All right. That's my alma mater. Your alma mater, okay. And now you're in, in Nashville? Tennessee. Tennessee, okay. I was thinking there's Nashville up here too, but okay. I'm at work right now. You're at work doing what? Uh, I'm, I'm uh, guarding the district attorney's office. Are people trying to get into it or? Yeah, I hope, hopefully they won't come banging on the door while I'm on this, uh, on this show. All right, well, at least you're not cutting meat or something in there, so that, that's the good news. <laughs> Greg and Mike, you work together, collaborate on this, and uh, Jim, what are those categories again? Those categories are current events, people, places, things you should have learned in school had you been paying attention, science, or odds and ends. Turn what down? Turn the radio down, will you, Greg? Thank okay. you. Yeah, I just okay. did. Okay. Uh, and what would you like? Uh, let's start with you, Greg. What would you like? Uh, odds and ends. Odds and ends. All right. The, uh, here, talk this over now. The medical school in Southern Illinois, Carbondale. Uh, gained some national notoriety a few years back through what innovative shipping procedure? <laughs> the medical school had to ship some of its uh, leftovers away, and there was some innovative shipping procedure that they used here. It made the national news. The medical school, any idea, Mike? Or, I don't or, have any idea at all. Oh, this is tough. Any clues? No, it's kind of thing. Either you know, you know it or you don't, I guess. But. Huh. I'm going to have to call time on this. I guess Cadaver shippers? They ship cadavers? Yeah, but it's kind of... That's the beginning of it, but unfortunately that's not the end of it. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, airtight containers of some sort. Uh, yeah, no, it's kind of thing. You either know it or you don't. I have to call time. You got the, the right area, but they, they were actually cutting the legs off cadavers to make them fit the boxes. Those boxes are expensive, I know. Yeah, but... It's, <laughs> 
34-inch boxes, most of the cadavers were not that length, so they adjusted the cadavers, because what can you do? Uh, but they were shipping them to Chicago, that's the real news there, where they, where they voted in the primary election, a lot of those guys. We, uh, uh, Jim, that would be... That's one wrong. Okay, don't worry, you got four more chances to get three right. Let's uh, go back. Uh, Mike, you pick uh, one of these. Current events, people, places, school, or science? I think I'm going to go with current events. Current events, okay. All righty. You dating at all? Yes, I do have a girlfriend back in Springfield. Oh, in Springfield? Yes. Okay. Do you commute? Uh, you meet halfway? Or um, take well, a train she, up there? Or? Well, she was down last weekend for my birthdays. Oh, and okay. I yeah. go home to visit her, too, so. Okay. Uh, teachers in a central Russian republic were paid in what this month? Due to a finance, please. If you know, don't yell out names of anything. <laughs> Spirits or what, what have you. Uh, teachers in a Central Republic, uh, Russian Republic, were paid in what this month due to the economic crisis there? I don't know. I'll say toilet paper. Toilet paper? Uh, uh, can, I, can, I, can I say a broad uh, answer like um, uh, food rations or something? Something like that. Yeah, that's kind of... Any idea? Toilet paper, food rations? You got to call time on this? TV dinners. No. I'm going I'm I'm to say food. Well, what do you say, Mike? It's... Okay, toilet paper, that's, I don't care. No, you're wrong anyway, it doesn't matter, but no. it's vodka. Yeah, they're paid in vodka. Yes. They got 15 bottles uh, for the month, uh, which lasts the average Russian about a week, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Less than two weeks. Yeah. Mark, so that's, we're going uh, down here. Jim? No right and two wrong. All right, you got to get this one right. Let's face it, uh, if you can do the comeback thing here. Uh, Greg, over to you for one of these. People, places, school, or science? Uh, shoot, let's try uh, school. All right. Who are Paul and Virginia? Who are Paul and Virginia? SIU student probably should know that, shouldn't they? <laughs> Paul and Virginia? Uh, Mike, any idea who Paul uh, and Virginia? They have the same last name or what? <laughs> the only Paul I can think of is, is Senator Simon. Yeah. Well, and then who's Virginia? There's Virginia a story we have no idea, Paul, Virginia? No, I don't. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, it's the, uh, you know, the fountain that used to stand next to Old Main? Yeah. Uh, but Old Main's not there anymore. It's just kind of standing there? Yeah. Uh, inside the fountain are Paul and Virginia. Uh, with the umbrella. Yeah, Paul and Virginia. Well-known symbols of the uh, SIU. And <laughs> so students for, for years and years sat around Paul and Virginia. You never sat around Paul and Virginia, did you? Yeah, no. I've sat around Paul, Paul and Virginia before. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sorry, you guys. Uh, you blanked there. Uh, you took th three swings at it, and I'm afraid you're out on this, but, you know, you're not going to go away empty-handed. Absolutely right. not. Each of you is going to nosh on a full pound of cinnamon roasted almonds uh, from Macanda, as featured in this weekend's National Hunting and Fishing Days Expo at Rend Lake College, and enjoy some music of America's heartland on Michael Feldman's What Do You Know About Copeland CD from Nimbus Records. Congratulations, anyway. Well, Mike, thanks for playing. Don't think your career is going to go like this. Right? Your career is going to go straight up. It's just the quiz. Greg, thanks for playing. Great being on. All right, make sure you get that stuff. Thanks for playing. If you'd like to attend a live broadcast in Madison at Monona Terrace, uh, call the Memorial Union box office weekday and Saturday afternoons at area 608-262-2201. Ah, the next openings are October 10th, 17th, 24th, and October 31st. for you or are you waiting for me? 
We're waiting, waiting for, you. for you. Oh, okay. All right. I'm sorry. I thought it was a musical interlude for no, some no. reason. Okay. It's your show. Oh, all right. Okay. Let's go. Oh, that's, I'm the Michael Feldman of Michael Feldman's What Do You Know? This is a part of the show I've been waiting for, I must admit. Um, <laughs> Guy and Paul Renzaglia are here from the uh, Alto Wine Winery. And the beautiful Shawnee surrounding Carbondale, Illinois. And we have some of the wines that they produce here. I thought, why not do a wine tasting? It's so characteristic of me anyway that I thought I would do it. Gentlemen, thank you for being here. Nice to have you here. And um, who's going to do the speaking here, Guy or Paul? Or Yes, how are you, Guy? Nice to have you here. A lot of people oh, don't associate you. Illinois with wine. Why is that? Because uh, wine is late in coming into Illinois. Illinois wasn't very supported yeah. for years and years. And only recently, through a state-supported unit at SIU here, yeah. the Council on, on the Grape, Grape and Wine Resources Council, mm -hmm. that we began to recognize the wine, the potential for wine industry. Well, now, we're a big drinker in Illinois. Big we're a consumer. bunch of drunks. Yeah. You know, we drink just about 30 million gallons a year, and we only make about 200,000 in all our 14 wineries. So there's a deficit, is what you're a saying. Deficit. There's been a wine deficit really? that you are trying to remedy. Yeah, we're trying, we're desperately trying to help out to take, <laughs> capture some of our own market, you know. The, well, you know, the market is big out there and we've got a very yeah. little of it. You're doing a good job, because actually we didn't know about Illinois wines until they sent us uh, up a box uh, of goodies here from Carbondale. Uh, in it was some uh, Porto de Guido, which we consumed, and then uh, by the end of it we thought, why not do a show in Carbondale? And that, that's really was the motivation. And now we've come full circle. Tell us what we've got here and what we're tasting. Well, um, I brought just three samples of our, our wines that we produce down in Alto. Uh, we grow the, the French American hybrid grapes here in, in this part of the, uh, of the country. This is the first one? Uh, uh, yeah, and that is You the, talk, and I'll, I'll taste okay. it. Can well, I taste this one? Right. Brought, Go ahead. Uh, you're trying now the Chambersin, which uh, I believe is one of the finest uh, French-American hybrid grape wines. Delicious. Uh, that there is, uh, and, and, uh, and this it's one of my is, favorites. This grape is grown here locally. Yeah. Uh -huh. we, uh, we have a 10-acre vineyard, and we grow about uh, probably 40%. We're able to grow about 40% of what we Aren't you we're having producing. some guy? I, if you get your hands off of it, I'll Oh, I'm sorry. Was that... <laughs> Very good. I got mine from this morning, too. That's the same thing, isn't it? Salute. Yeah, salute. I'll drink right from the bottle, really. I'm not proud. Really. This, this, is an, this ranks with any French uh, dry wine that I've tasted. I mean, I'm no connoisseur. I think it's excellent. Easy. It is excellent. It's won a gold medal in just about every competition that Paul has entered into. These are, these, uh, these are French grapes that you brought? These are French-American hybrid. Yeah. So they run in, have, into diseases here they don't have back in France. So you oh, use we have things they haven't heard of in California. Yeah. We have little goodies running all over the damn vineyard at a time. <laughs> Do those actually end up in the blend here as well? Or well, it probably adds to the whole luster and uh, the yeah. taste. <laughs> so while but I'm tasting nice, them, they're tasting me, basically. That, that's very it's good. It's a nice, full-bodied, very fruity wine. I like wine. that. I'll do a rinse here, because I know we want to go on to some go other ahead. varieties. I think th this red is excellent. Okay. That I agree. Yeah. What do we got here next? Uh, well, the next one, if you wanted, I've got a white one. I brought one in the Vigneault. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah. I believe that's one of our premier whites. Uh, Can I drink this one? Or this my glass? No, oh, okay. He prefers reds. Tell, anyway. tell us about the grape that goes in this. What is it? Well, it's, it's, again, it's a French-American hybrid, which basically are, are crosses between the, the um, uh, Vinifera, a European uh, classic oh, grape, and, and Native really American. Good. Grape, so. uh, that is really good. It's a little it's bit sweet, unique. but it's not yeah. sweet yeah. where it turns right. your stomach, you know? Yeah. And you know that point? You know that point? That's very, your stomach turns a little bit, but not all the way. Yeah, we know. don't like to get to that point any, yeah, either. Just, so. It gives me like five degrees of stomach turn. <laughs> it really, Jim, it's try this. Come here. Wine. Yep, yeah. Pass it to Jim. Pass it back, though, Jim, when you're done with oh, it. Oh, I will. I'll just punch it. Just one sip. Naturally sweet? I mean, there's nothing added yeah, to these. No, not just well, Sometimes we have to. Well, yeah. We can't get the sugars up high enough. Now, how long, like a, a wine like this, how long does that take to, to fully uh, become what it is? Well, I believe that uh, this wine was bottled last year, but I think this one, in, in the whites, I think this one would age nicely for two, three years. Yeah. Um, now, a lot of our wines aren't real good for aging for periods of time, except when we get into our reds. But, uh, uh, so do we... Do we have a vintage year for some of these wines? Are we looking at, I mean, they're good years yeah. and bad years, I suppose. Is it yeah. rainfall well, mostly? Or? Yeah, um, like a Chambersin from the 96, I think, would, would probably qualify. 96, uh, an award winner for you? Yeah, that one is. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was a good one. Okay. All right, let me just try this again. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. You know, it has a body to it that is really, I mean, I could drink a lot of this. <laughs> you know what I mean? It really seems to coat the whole system. I'll help you a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Okay. Now what else? Well, we this yeah. is the one I think that you had sampled before that they ah, sent up to you. It's yeah. Porto de Guido, and that's made again from our Chambersin, and it's made in the uh, in the traditional port style. Uh, in fact, we named that one after uh, after Guy Guido is his name in Italian. Guido. So we, we wanted to make. This a is the one that brought us down here, the Porto de Guido. <laughs> down here to Guido's port, actually. Oh, yeah. Now, this is an after-dinner. Yeah, that would be more of a dessert-style wine. Yeah. Or that fooling one. around. Or <laughs> fooling around? around wine. <laughs> it's a fooling around wine. I like the way this guy discusses wine. We use this before fooling around or after fooling around? I think before. You think before? <laughs> All right, and then we'll see what happens. I don't know. I got the whole, I got the whole day. You know, anything could happen. And a port, how is a port made that's different than a, than a, than a lighter wine? Well, you, you basically just arrest the fermentation uh, using um, wine spirits, 190 proof uh, uh, alcohol. Oh, that would do it. That would make a difference right there. It, 190 proof. proof? Yeah. And we bring it up, uh, the alcohol, up to about 18%, which stops the, uh, the fermentation. The yeast will, will die out at that, uh, that alcohol. I think anything would die out at that point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So. That's great. So, the, and this, how this is one of bronze, I think recently oh, I saw uh, that. And those, that's gotten a couple silver, uh, silver medals in, in uh, New York and uh, in California. And, now, uh, are you starting to get the respect nationally that the California wines do, for example, in some of these uh, competitions? I think we're beginning to be recognized in many localities, but uh, they still have to make a separate designation for the wines mm -hmm. that we make. We make a unique style of French-American hybrids. That'll compete with all the others, but we're not the classical vinifera's, and we're kind of happy about that. Too. So you're kind of a hybrid yourself, basically. Yeah, we're, yeah in, look in, at me. <laughs> no, I don't mean you personally. I mean your wine. <laughs> Guido, I'll tell you, Guido is an interesting guy. I can tell right off. The <laughs> 
We should drink together, Guido. I, really like, I want to hear with, some of your story. With a couple of drinks, he gets a lot better, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I like it, Guido. I love you, man. I love you, Guido. Have I another do. drink. Have another drink. You've been like a father to me since I've been down here. <laughs> Very good stuff. Now, um, excuse me. And it's not just the alcohol content. There's something more than that. So there are categories that you're not in because you're not specifically one type of grape in, in some region or somewhere, well, right? I mean, most of the uh, wine competitions just break them down into the varietal, uh, grape varietal. So, I mean, we wouldn't fall into a Cabernet Sauvignon yeah. category. But it's measured, they're based, they're judged on the same principles as they judge any of the wines. Yeah. Did you bring in a winemaker from Europe to, to do this for you? Or? Funny thing, uh, I think we learned by trial and error, and uh, studying on our own. Paul is our winemaker, ah. and I think he's one of the best. He hasn't made a bad wine yet. When he does, he'll hear about it. <laughs> how do you come to it, Paul? How do you know, how did you learn the trade? Well, I came down here to go to uh, graduate school in special education, and kind of just followed that I'd go into winemaking. Really? Actually, uh, my father had started the vineyard about 20 years ago, huh. and uh, when I came back, uh, we were still, he was just growing, they, had, they didn't have the winery established, so we just kind of, I got into the vineyard and, and started, uh, when, we, when we started the winery, we just... <laughs> That's my wine, Greta. I wasn't done with that one. Uh, and he does this a lot out there, yeah. too, so... And, you know, we should point out, too, nothing there are a lot... Nothing gets wasted when I'm around. Yeah, nothing gets wasted, right, right, why waste it? We should point out there are a lot of uh, winemaking, a lot of winemaking going on in the area right now. Just the, not just the Alto. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, we're a member of the, uh, for instance, of the Shawnee Hills Wine Trail. There are now three other wineries along with us. Uh, we started back in '88, and now there's uh, probably uh, eight in the southern part of the state. Uh, and when we first started our, our winery, there's only six in the whole state. Yeah. So we're seeing things happen uh, very quickly, and we're very happy that that's occurring, well, particularly for Southern Illinois. So I raised my Last to you guys, Paul and Guy. You drank mine, though. I drank yours. From the Alto Winery. Thank you for being here and joining us. Excellent. And excellent. And I recommend the Porto de Guido. In fact, I recommend Guido. Thank you very much for joining us. Great to have you here. Many thanks to the staff and members of WSIU FM and TV, to Mark Wettstein and the staff of Shryock Auditorium, Raymond Lenzi in the Office of Economic and Regional Development, the City of Carbondale, and Southern Illinois University. Michael Feldman's What Do You Know is produced by Wisconsin Public Radio for Public Radio International. Michael Feldman, producer international. Chris Bannon, producer, with assistance from Lyle Anderson, Judith Heisey Kovalik, Diana Cook, Debbie Builder, Kelly Osborne, and Jessica Leshesky. Technical director Tom Blaine with engineering by Rick Kirkpatrick and Stephen Cologne. Next week at Encore Performance, Valentine's Day, two high toilets, and a salute to Audubon, Iowa. Bye bye, Mike. Thank you, Carbondale. Thank you for making us feel so at home.
Support for What Do You Know comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and public radio members like you. To order a cassette copy of today's show, call area code 303-823-8000. And tell us what you know by visiting Michael Feldman's official What Do You Know website at www.notmuch.com. Play the online quiz, hear all of the latest news that isn't, and interact with the sage of Wisconsin himself, Michael Feldman. That's notmuch.com. PRI Public Radio International.